0: All too often, we approach the Bible as we would a buffet table. We pick and choose which passages of Scripture we want to read. We sample it. We taste it. And if we like it, we linger. If we don't, we move on. We need to cry out as the psalmist did, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. We need to get to the point where we can shout out, The law of God's mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. God's Word is better to me than all the lustful thoughts and fantasies I could ever think or dream. God's Word is better to me than any pop or rush that porn or masturbation could ever provide. Well, I'm your host, Steve Vettner. Welcome to Episode 20 of the Point of Purity Podcast, where we discover that only God can and will satisfy all my needs. Listen to the promise that God gives in Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. He says, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. Why spend on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Isaiah 55, through 3. My friend, if you are thirsty for genuine, lasting victory over sexual impurity in your life, if you are thirsty for freedom over porn, lust, and masturbation, if you are thirsty for a deep connection, a growing relationship with your Creator and Savior of your soul, then come to the water. Come to Christ, who is the living water. Open your Bible daily. Let it cleanse your mind. Let it wash your heart. Let it refresh your soul. Deuteronomy 17 verse 19 instructs us to daily open God's word and read in it all the days of your life. And as you do, you will learn to fear the Lord your God by keeping all the words of God's law and these statutes and doing them. As Joshua one eight warns, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will know victory over lust and porn and masturbation. God guarantees it. Well, if you've been listening to our weekly episodes, then you're aware of the fact that we just completed a powerful and impactful 10-week study of Psalm 25. And from that study, we have learned how to lift up our soul to God, how to trust in God, how to rest confidently upon God, how to surrender everything to God, including our sexuality. We've also talked about the power of the Word of God, as well as how the God of the Word helps us guard our minds from the deceitful lies of the enemy. Well, if you're just joining us in this podcast, and this is the first episode for you, welcome! Welcome! Let me encourage you to invest the time to go back and listen to the previous episodes. You won't regret that choice. Now, before we dive into our next study, which is going to be an in-depth look at Psalm 27, I'd like to share with you in this episode a few choice thoughts from Jeremiah 2.13. You see, in that text of Scripture, God says, My people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And two, they have hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water, Jeremiah 2.13. I want you to consider this. When you choose to turn to anything other than God for your satisfaction, when you choose to turn to anything other than God for your fulfillment and meaning in life, you are literally wasting your life on that which will not, because it cannot, satisfy. It's it's like pouring fresh, life-saving water into a dirty, scummy, slime-lined, broken pitcher. Whatever you put into that pitcher is just going to come leaking out because the pitcher is incapable of containing what's inside, let alone keeping it clean and pure. The bottom line is this. You need to change drinking fountains. (laughs) Now, let me explain. I want you to notice in Jeremiah 2, verse 13, that God declares that he is the fountain of living water. In other words, God is the only source of nourishment and refreshment that you will ever need for any and every part of life. That means that lust, porn, masturbation, adultery, sexual impurity, those are all broken cisterns. They will not because they cannot quench your thirst. They are empty pitchers full of empty promises and empty dreams. Do you recall the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, verses 7 through 30? In that text, and specifically for this episode, I want to zero in on verses 13 and 14, we see that Jesus said to that woman, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. John four thirteen and 14. Every time, mark it, my friend, every time you turn to the lure of lust, Every time you give in to the pull of porn and the magnet of masturbation, every time you choose to drink from that well, convinced that only those things, the lust, the porn, the masturbation, are able to provide you with the fulfillment and satisfaction you think you need, oh, my friend, you will always, always end up thirsty again. Every time, guaranteed. You know I'm speaking truth. You've experienced it. Well, oh, sure, your flesh will be momentarily satisfied, momentarily. But the real you, your your soul, is left wanting. And all too quickly, you're thirsty again. In fact, you're thirstier than you were before. Can you relate? Why is that? It's because those broken cisterns of lust, porn, and masturbation are incapable of of truly, genuinely satisfying you. It is impossible for that three-headed dragon to meet your real need. It's kind of like drinking seawater. You could be dying of thirst, surrounded by an ocean of seawater. And even though the wetness of the, of the water might temporarily satisfy, and I'll couch that in quotes, because it doesn't really satisfy, but it appears to satisfy your desire, the fact is the salt in that water will dry you up and will make you even thirstier than you were before. That is precisely what lust, porn, and masturbation will do to you. Guaranteed. Oh, it'll give you that temporary, momentary feel-good, that pop, that rush, that, ah, feeling. That's a big reason why we keep going back to it. We've become addicted to the hormones and the feelings that those hormones are giving us, that that rush, that pop, as I like to call it. But as quickly as it came, it vanishes. And it leaves you feeling totally, completely, utterly empty yet again. It leaves you emptier than you were before, thirstier than you were before, longing for more than you did before, needing to have more. The only way, the only way you will ever be able to truly experience a genuine, lasting freedom from the beast is to come. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, come to God, come to the fountain of living water. Why choose to spend your money, your time, and your energy on that which is not bread? Why, why choose to waste your life? on sinful sexual satisfaction instead of enjoying a blessed life that's found only in a growing relationship with God? Why? Why waste your labor on that which does not satisfy? Instead, my friend, choose right here and right now, choose from this point forward to incline your ear, to come to God. Let God speak into your chest so that your soul may live. Only Jesus, the living water, can truly quench your thirst. I understand that more than likely, right now, it doesn't seem that way, does it? It doesn't seem like your sexual thirst could possibly ever be truly quenched, especially by God. You probably have a hard time believing that God can or even will do that for you. Your flesh is arguing with you right now, screaming, oh, maybe it's true for others. Maybe others can have their sinful sexual thirst genuinely quenched by God. But not for me. My personal experiences to date have called God's promises into serious question. I assure you, my friend, the sinful sexual thirst that you've been craving can and will be quenched as you draw deeper from the fountain of living water, as you grow closer and closer in your relationship with God. And yet, nagging in the back of your head goes the argument, but what if? What if God takes it away from me and leaves me hanging high and dry? What if God removes the lust, the porn, the masturbation from me, gets rid of all those desires, and that which he gives me in return... it's just not as pleasurable, it's not as enjoyable, it's not as fun. In other words, what if God lets me down? Can you relate? You know, if you listened to my personal testimony back in episode number one, then you know that I wrestled long and hard with those questions. May I challenge you here to not walk the what-ifs cliffs. It's a dangerous place to be, my friend. The reason you're struggling with those fears, the reason you're afraid to let your sinful habits go, the reason that you doubt God's ability, God's readiness, God's willingness to meet your every need is simply because you don't yet truly know God. You've not yet gone deep into a powerful, precious relationship with your creator and the savior of your soul. That is the purpose. That is the goal of this podcast. Every episode to teach you, guide you, help you, not only discover, but learn how to change fountains and how to daily drink from the living water that Christ gives you. When you begin to, as Psalm 34 verse 8 says, taste and see that the Lord is good, you will discover the bitterness and saltiness of what you've been drinking, and you won't want to go back to it. We read in Job chapter 20, verses 12 through 15, though evil tastes sweet in your mouth and you hide it under your tongue, though you desire it and will not let it go, but instead you hold it in your mouth, yet the food in your stomach, the pleasure of your sin, if you will, is changed to the venom of cobras within you. In other words, it becomes poison to you. You swallow riches, but you'll vomit them up. God will expel them from your belly. Job 20, verses 12 through 15. (laughs) What an apropos description of what sexual impurity does to you. Sure, it is sweet in your mouth as you consume it. And you do not want to let it go. Even though you know it's bad for you, you still keep it under your tongue. You still hold on to it. And yet, when you consume it, it turns sour on you. It's no longer sweet. It is now poison in your veins. It makes you spiritually sick with shame and guilt. Oh, my friend, it is time to change fountains. The fresh water, if you will, that God wants to give you is found within the pages of Scripture. His Word, the Bible. Drinking from that fountain comes as you daily read study meditate upon and walk in obedience to what God reveals to you from scripture. Listen to what David said in Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. A few verses later in Psalm 119:130 he writes The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Well, let's face it. Up to this point, you've held on to a hidden, secret life. You've done everything in your power to keep it concealed, to keep it in the dark. And let's admit it, this sin thrives in the dark, doesn't it? It exists in the quiet, secret recesses of your heart and your mind. That's where it feeds, and that's where it grows. Jesus said in John 3, 19 and 20, this is the judgment. Light has come into the world. People love darkness rather than light because their works are evil. Everyone who does wicked things, let me interject here, everyone who looks at porn, everyone who lusts, who masturbates, who gives in to their sinful temptation. Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest their works be exposed, John three nineteen and 20. Can you see yourself pictured in that text? You've loved the darkness because it kept your secrets. You hated reading your Bible, having devotions, praying, worshiping in church, because each and every time you did, you felt like a hypocrite, a fake, and a fool. It's time to turn the lights on. It's time to come out of the shadows and face the beast head on. As you listen to these episodes, you'll begin to understand that exposing your sin to God's light is the only thing, it's the very thing necessary to kill the three-headed dragon of lust, porn, and masturbation. Maybe as you listen to this, you have a mixture of feelings, both excited and terrified. Excited because you sense a glimmer of hope shining somewhere out there on the horizon ahead. And yet, you also feel terrified because you fear the unknown. I mean, this sinful habit up till now has been a friend to you. Yes, it's been slowly eating you alive. It's destroying you and everything you hold dear. But it has felt so, so good as it's doing it. That's why the prospect of killing it off is scary. What will happen to me once it's dead and gone? How will I cope? How will I handle the stress, the frustration, the boredom, the loneliness, all of those trigger points that my habit helped me deal with? In John eight twelve, we read Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The purpose of the light of God's word is not simply to reveal your sin, not not just to expose it so it will die. Now, Now, yes, that will happen, but it's also able to embrace you in its warmth and its power, not just any power, God's power. It is the power, it is the divine power to leave the slain beast on the battlefield and move on living a life that is full of freedom and joy, a life that truly honors and glorifies your Creator, your Savior, your Friend. It's exactly why the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 1, verses 5 through 7, this is the message that we've heard from him. And we proclaim it to you, that God is light. In him is no darkness at all. Now, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We do not practice the truth, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. First John chapter one, verses five through seven. When you play around with the three headed dragon, when you allow yourself to give in to the lure of lust, the pull of porn and the magnet of masturbation, you are both being deceived and being a deceiver. You claim to be a Christian. You claim to have fellowship with God. And yet, when you lust, when you look at porn, when you masturbate, you're walking in darkness. Your life is a lie, and you are not living by the truth. John clearly states that when you walk in the light as he is in the light, two things happen. First, You're in true fellowship with other Christians. And in that fellowship, we, as Psalm 55, 14 says, take sweet counsel together. Within God's house, we walk. However, God is clear in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, that light and darkness cannot coexist. When you choose to walk in the darkness of your sin, you choose to break your fellowship with God. God and with other Christians. Second of all, when you walk in the light as he is in the light, you are cleansed from all of your sin. You see, walking in the light must of necessity include exposing your sin. Now, hold on. Before you hit a major panic button here, thinking I'm about to instruct you to get up on the platform at church this Sunday or log into your social media page and tell the world about your battle with the three-headed dragon, calm down. That's not what I mean by exposing your sin to the light. Exposing your sin to the light begins by confessing your sin to the one who is the light of the world. In other words, talk with God about it. You see, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, nine, Proverbs 28, verse 13 warns, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. And in Psalm 32 verse 5, David writes, I acknowledged my sin to you, God. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and God forgave the iniquity of my sin. In this Point of Purity podcast, in every episode, we are seeking to shine the light of God's Word into the deep, dark recesses of your heart. You're hopefully discovering what's at the heart of your struggle. And hopefully you're learning the importance of keeping the light on at all times. All right, now, before I wrap up today's episode, I'm going to ask you some tough questions questions that intentionally are meant to dig into the heart of your struggle. And I submit it is critical to your victory. It is essential to your growth that you are honest, transparent, that you speak the truth. You see, our sin loves darkness. It loves to hide. It thrives on lies and deception. So you're ready for my questions? Here's my first question to you. Over the last Seven days. Have you looked at any form of pornography? Now, hold on a moment before you answer. Let me take a moment to clarify. Just to be clear, when I say any form of pornography, I'm not referring just to nudes or X rated material. I'm including that, but I'm also including anything that you are intentionally looking at for the purpose of getting the pop or rush that lusting provides. That is pornographic. So again, so I, just so I'm making myself abundantly clear, I'm including such things as Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, YouTube, Tumblr, TikTok, Periscope, Sports Illustrated, on the list can go. It is that where you're going intentionally for the purpose of looking at something to give you a pop or rush. That is pornographic. So hopefully you get the picture. So let me once again ask you, Over the last seven days, have you looked at any form of pornography? Now, if your answer to that question is yes, then would you please take a moment right here and right now and unpack this. Why did you choose to sin? What was going on inside your head that made you believe it was okay to give in this time? Now, the argument may be there in your head saying, well, I didn't think it was okay. I mean, it's not okay but yet you did it, which means that at that moment, you thought it was okay. So what was going on inside your head that made you believe this time it was okay to give in and sin? In Romans chapter 6, verse 21, the Apostle Paul asks a very powerful question. Here's what he says. What benefit did you reap at that time from the thing that you are now ashamed of? Let me quote that to you again, Romans 6, 21. What benefit did you reap at that time from the thing that you are now ashamed of? Was it worth it? What was the end result of giving in? I mean, sure, you got that brief reprieve from your stress, boredom, or loneliness, and yeah, you got a momentary feel-good. But what did it do for you? Not your flesh, you. How did it help you become more like Christ? How did it protect you How did it protect your spouse, your family, from the attack of the enemy upon your heart and soul and upon theirs? All right, now here's my second question for you. Over the last seven days, have you given in to masturbation? And again, if you answered yes to that question, then I ask you to take a moment right now and think about this. Why did you choose to sin? Why did you choose to worship King Me? What was going on inside your head that made you believe that this time it was okay to turn your back on God Again let me remind you of Romans 6:21 What benefit did you reap at that time from the thing that you're now ashamed of Was it worth it What was the end result of giving in Yeah you got the reprieve from your stress and boredom and loneliness and you got a momentary feel good But what did it do for you, your soul, not your flesh, your soul? How did it help you become more like Christ? And here's my third question for you. Over the last seven days, have you engaged in any unbiblical sexual activity? Now, I'm including, but certainly not limiting it to massage parlors, chat rooms, strip clubs, prostitution, homosexuality, inappropriate sexually charged conversations, even inappropriate physical touching of anyone, including your spouse or children? Have you engaged in any unbiblical sexual activity? Again, if you answered yes, then I want you to take a moment right now and unpack that. Why did you choose to sin? Why did you choose to worship King Me? What was going on inside your head that made you believe this time it was okay to disobey and turn my back on God? Let me remind you of Romans 6, 21. What benefit did you, your soul, reap at that time from the thing that you are now ashamed of? Was it worth it? What was the end result of giving in? Again, yeah, sure, maybe you got that brief reprieve from your boredom, your loneliness, your stress, your frustration. And yeah, you got a momentary feel good. But how did it help you grow in your walk with God? How did it help you become more like Christ? Those are powerful questions. Questions that I want you to seriously consider, but I want you to understand, these are not questions of judgment or condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 assures us that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm asking you these tough questions to get you to think about your choices. I want to encourage you. I want to urge you. I want to challenge you to evaluate the things that are going on inside your head and inside your heart. You do what you do, because in your heart, you want what you want. Well, as we close today's episode, I'm challenging you to begin taking a close, hard look at your reasonings, your justifications, your motivations for your sinful behavior, not to judge you, but actually to release you, to show you a better way, a godly way of living, A way of true joy, peace, satisfaction, fulfillment, and yes, even pleasure. Well, please be sure to join us next week for episode number 21 as we dive into Matthew 6.24 and discover the freedom of choosing freedom.